All right. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous here. Uh, don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but we're here with Connor Watson, uh, hitting trainer at Driveline Baseball. Um, you know, I, I figured we'll just kind of we'll just kind of hand it off to you, and you can go ahead and and tell us a little bit about your background. Um, you know, I know you're from Omaha, Nebraska. You've done a lot of different things, been a lot of different places. Um, so I'll just I'll just kind of give it to you, and and you can tell us uh, what your background is and and what you're doing now. So uh, go ahead, it's all yours. Yeah, sounds good. Um, obviously, thanks for the invitation. Want to get that out of the way first. Um, I know when you pitched this idea to me a while back, I was like, yeah, there's nobody better to do that than you. So I'm glad you're actually diving in and doing this. So. Um, Happy to have the invite, but yeah, uh, background's definitely unique. Um, like you said, born and raised in Omaha, uh, something that I take great pride in. Like I just, it's a great place to raise a family. I was super lucky to be born into the family that I was born into. Being a Nebraskan is something that really matters to me. And it's, it's kind of cool being all the way out here in Seattle where it's like, okay, I'm by myself pretty much. Like there's no Absolutely. other Nebraskans here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of fun for me to like, have a little state pride. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, so I, I got really lucky from the get go. I've been surrounded by great people from the jump. Um, I guess that leads me into like, I guess the tumultuous journey since high school, um, which wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for those great people. Um, so when I was a junior at Miller North High School, uh, I got cut from the varsity baseball team, which looking back now, it's just like, yeah, of course you got cut. Like you, <laughs> like you did, you stopped working hard. You just expected everything to be handed to you. Like there were better players on the team. Like, of course that happened. Yeah. Um, lucky for me, uh, in the Omaha area, there was a family, um, the Ansons had kind of taken over a team that was built for kids that got cut from their high school teams. Uh, they wanted to provide them an opportunity to still kind of play high school baseball, but it was a Legion ball. So in the summer, um, so that it was formal, it was like formerly uh, a sponsor of a hospital, but when they took it over, they renamed it the Millard Sox. Uh, and I tried out, made the team, um, obviously I had a chip on my shoulder at the time because like of what had just happened, I kind of like, my love for baseball was kind of reborn. Uh, I remember that I was actually kind of good. Um, had a really good, <laughs> I had a really good junior season. Um, I ended up actually electing to not try out for the high school team again my senior year because I wanted to play for the Sox again. Uh, I later found out that the coach who at my high school, who I ended up working with, was pretty pissed at me about that because he wanted <laughs> me to come back. Uh, but I, I'm glad I did it because that ended up being where I got my start in coaching. So, um, played again, my senior season, uh, signed to go play at Morningside college in Sioux city, Iowa. Uh, it just didn't work out. I wasn't ready for college. Uh, I was really like, I, I don't want to say I was immature, but I just, I, I just wasn't ready. I just wasn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, on top of that, uh, I had torn my left ACL, uh, and I'd never really had to go through that before. Uh, so 
obviously, like fight or flight, I went home. Um, had surgery, wanted to be around the people that I loved uh, so that I could get through it as best I could. Um, rehab was hard, uh, but good. Like, I, I think everything went fine. Uh, I got super lucky in the fact that uh, Legion Baseball, I'm not sure if this is a rule across the country or if it's just Nebraska, uh, they had what was called like a, a legion baby, right? So if you were born after the first of the year in a, in a given year, you could yeah. come back and play an extra season of legion ball. Correct. So, right. So I was like, sick, I get to do this recruiting thing over again. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be able to play. Uh, I'm going to redo recruiting. I'm going to get this right this time. Uh, I was never really the same, like sprinting the first base, my left quad would flare up. Um, I had one extra base hit on the year and it was a home run. Thank God. Cause I probably would have been thrown out at second if I would have tried to stretch anything into a double. Um, but after that year, I was just like, I knew that there were coaching changes coming in the program and I was I questioned everybody. I was like, okay, who's going where, what do you need? Who's coming in here? What do they need? Where do I maybe fit in? Uh, because I had started to make up my mind that like, I don't think I'm ready for college yet again. I'm going to take some time off and try to figure my life out. Um, I got a job at a Dick Sporting Goods uh, in the golf department, which actually ends up playing a huge role in this story, uh, which is hilarious because I got it just to make money. Um, so, yeah, I, I get that job. I just start living like a normal American's life, right? Like I'm just I'm working every day. I like in my spare time, I hang out with my friends. I'm just being a normal guy. Um, there's, there's wait, some value in that though. There's no some value, especially at this time in your, in your story. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, absolutely. I, I needed, I needed like a step back and like to slow down so I could like view things again. Um, I think a lot of people, so neither of my parents graduated from college and they were divorced and my grandparents were my closest, like at least family members that I could go to for college things, but they went to the university of Kansas in the 1950s. Like it's not the same. It's just Different not. World. <laughs> yeah. Relatable. Like they're walking, <laughs> right. My grandpa's walking to class and sees Will Chamberlain walking by. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. Um, but yeah. So like, I just, I'm, I'm going to work every day, coming home, like just doing the thing. Um, but with all this free time, uh, so the University of Nebraska at Omaha, which is where I started taking some classes just to make sure that I wasn't like turning into a complete bum. Um, uh, one of my buddies, uh, Curtis Kammer, um, they had just made the jump to Division One athletics and they were bringing in a men's golf team. And Curtis was asked to be on the team. And Curtis was like, Hey man, I need, I need to start playing like a lot more. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, all I do is work at a golf store and make money. That's play. all I like. Yeah. I'm going to play with you. So every time he went out, I would go out with him. And then I started going out on my own. I started realizing like, Hey, this is like actually kind of therapeutic for me. I don't just have to play golf with my dad or my friends or whatever. I can just go out on my own. And thank God for Curtis, because one day we were playing at a course uh, just outside of Omaha. And I think, I don't know what prompted him to say this, but I'm forever grateful that he did. 
He was like, dude, you are getting way too good too fast to not do something with this. And I instantly, a light bulb in my head went off. I was like, oh my God, I can get back into college because I don't know what it's like to go to school without sports. It's, I wish it wasn't that way, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, that would be tough. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> long story short, uh, I end up sending some emails and just some swing videos to like a bunch of local JUCOs, which if you're from the Omaha area, there's really not that many. Um, and they're just so happy. Like, this is so fun going over this because I'm remembering how lucky I am. There's, there's a junior college up in North Fork, Nebraska uh, called Northeast Community College who hired a president in the 80s that, like, hated sports and ended up just, like, getting rid of all of them except for basketball. Uh, well, that guy left, and they hired a new one who was like, no, no, we're bringing sports back. So, literally, this golf men's golf program is in year two. That which is a perfect scenario for some random baseball guy who just started <laughs> playing competitive golf to just like <laughs> insert himself into the program. Wedge in there. Yeah, that's perfect. Way wedge in there. Good fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my, my dad and I go up for a visit and the coach is like a dude, like he's, yeah, I, he's like a, a friend now. It's it was never like a coach player relationship really. Um, and I'm on the putting green at North Fork Country Club. And he's like, well, yeah, I want I, I, to like, I pay for your school. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Like, I thought I was just going to be lucky to have a spot on the team. Um, yeah, dude, fast forward two years go by. There's some of the two years of my life that I'm thankful for the most. I made lifelong friendships. I got to play in a national championship. Like, um, and the whole time I was doing that, it was like, okay, golf is like the real deal now. Well, except for it wasn't because when all of the guys who play college golf go home for the summer, they play in Nebraska golf events. I went and coached baseball. Like I couldn't ever let it go. Um, so yeah, I was, I was coaching with the Sox in the summer. Uh, I was playing golf throughout the school year and it was just kind of this like constant back and forth of like chasing kind of my personal athletic dreams while also um, being a coach and learning like the other side of it. And it, it was actually super beneficial for my collegiate golf career, being able to see things from a coach's perspective. And it, it made my college experience very, very unique. Uh, not from just the fact that I transferred like 94 times and <laughs> changed majors and yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'll just, just, if I can stop you there for a second, yeah, like, first of all, it sounds like this, the Millard Sox program means, means a lot to you, um, which is fantastic. I, have you done, have you stayed in touch with those people um, in any way, shape or form? Like I'm sure you, I know you're a guy that tries to give back to, to people who, right. who have helped you along the way. Um, have you stayed in touch at least trying to, you know, work with them a little bit? Yeah, as much as I can. Um, I, I haven't really been able to too much just because like right after when I left the Sox, I left them as a coach to go coach at my old, at my alma mater of Miller North. Right. So like instantly all the time that I had to potentially give to them was taken from a competitor, to be honest correct. with you. Yeah, correct. But the, but back with what you said though, the people, absolutely. Um, I, I was, I was lucky enough to start coaching at the age of like 19, 20. Right. Mm -hmm. So there were some guys that like were my friends kind of, and 
to this day, like Mike Larson is one of my best friends on this earth. And I coached him and coached with him. Um, Mm -hmm. Ben Carr ended up being the reason I got a job at Concordia University because he was a GA who I coached when he was in high school. So like years go by, he ends up finishing his playing career and like ends up helping me out. And it just, it's one of the, like you get it as much as anybody. Uh, It's the relationships that uh, have kind of stood the test of time. And trust me when I say, when I have more resources to give back to the Sox, I absolutely will. Uh, But as, as you know, in the coaching world, uh, resources are sometimes (laughs) hard to come by to say the least. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're going to work on that first, but (laughs) yeah, they're, they're near and dear to my heart. I wouldn't be where I am without them. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Cause obviously, you know, I know you pretty well and, and that's just who you are. And that's, that's fantastic. Um, On the coaching side of things, obviously, you know, you, you're, playing one sport in college like you said and you know coaching a different sport in the summer and, it, and it's just I just have to say this it's kind of funny how you know that that's what makes coaching an art it's not necessarily about the skill or or the material it, it's more about you know obviously you and I are big on relationships and, and and big on you know digging deep finding our purpose that kind of thing and obviously it seemed like although two different sports that, that really seem to help you out. Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think like uh, speaking technically from the baseball and golf worlds, like baseball is catching up to golf as far as like using technology within coaching mm-hmm. and uh, being data driven. Like golf was there way, way ahead of baseball. And I think that's, probably something that I didn't know at the time, like you said, that helped me so much because like I learned, I literally learned feel versus real. So I never had to learn how to coach feel versus real because like I was, I I was accidentally taught it. Like it, it (laughs) it was just like going through the process of becoming a better golfer while also like I would, Dude, in the months of like uh, March, April, and May, I would go to the course, like play, play in tournaments, whatever. And then I'd go home and like flip into coach mode of how I can become a better coach or like I have to be a tryouts the next weekend or whatever. So it was just like this constant learning period that I didn't even realize I was going through. So you're exact perfect storm kind of thing. Like you kind of ended up in one spot and everything else just kind of worked in your favor uh, and it all came together which is cool because yeah, I'm a big I'm, you know you know me I'm a big believer in you know if, if you do things the right way you treat people the right way if you build relationships uh, things ultimately work out for you and, and clearly you know here you are yeah, <laughs> working, yeah. working for uh, for Kyle Body at Driveline yeah. um, which is awesome yeah. um, but so uh, I think we left off you know you were uh, just finishing up your golf career. You want to continue that mm. on when you started to, to get more into the college? Game. Sure. Yeah. So uh, left, left the Millard Sox to go coach at Millard North. Um, I, I am immensely grateful for Dave Cork. He, he cut me as a player and hired me on as a coach. I, I like there, there are a lot of people that 
feel a type of way about Dave. I, I will never be one of them and I will never support the people that feel that type of way about him. No bad human does that for somebody else. So like, I, I am immensely grateful for him. Um, I got to coach there for four years, which were probably the four like most transformative years of my life as far as a coach. Uh, they were the years of like building meaningful relationships, proving to myself that I could do this like on a, on a higher level. Cause I used to just like, Oh, I'm, I'm just good at being one of the guys. And then I find out like, Oh wait, I can actually teach somebody baseball and they end up being pretty good. Um, so that was awesome. A uh, ton of resources, all of that. Uh, and then again, full circle, uh, I'm coaching with Miller North at um, the uh, district tournament uh, kind of right before the summer. Uh, and there's college coaches recruiting. Uh, Morningside was after one of our guys, and they already had two of them in the boat. Uh, and I kind of became like the point of contact there with Adam Boovey, who's their head coach still right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically, we sat down after the game started talking, and he just said, like, hey, what are you, what are you doing next year? And I was like, I don't know. Just this again, <laughs> I guess. Hanging out. And he goes, yeah. And he was like, well, what if I, what if I told you like, we might have a spot for you. And m my brain works in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm thankful for most of them. Some of them I'm not. Uh, but <laughs> instantly I was like, I don't care what the money is. I don't care what the situation is. If you are offering me a job, yes, I'm taking it. So I did. Uh, went to Morningside, got to coach some uh, former guys from Miller North, which was awesome. Uh, got to recruit, got to learn the ropes because I never truly got the college baseball experience as a player. Um, and I was on a really good coaching staff. Like, like I said, Booby's still there. Adam Hilker, the head assistant is still there who could be a head coach at any second if he wanted to. Um, they're great people. And they, they just kind of, they brought me in and were like, all right, man, let's put you to work. Like they didn't try to like teach me anything. They just let me go. Uh, but when I needed teaching, they taught. Uh, I remember Hilker brought me into the office one day and was like, hey, man, like, we need more from you. Like, you're not doing enough. We, we need more. And I, I remember I left the meeting and I was like, okay, that's the first time anybody's told me that in a while because I've been on my own for so long. And I, I needed that so bad, so bad. Um, and that's where it kind of flipped. Um, so I, I go through that year at Morningside, it was really, really tough though to swing it financially and like uh, being able to afford living and just everything like that. Um, so I went back to Miller North for the summer to coach Legion Ball and I kind of left it up in the air if I was gonna go back to Morningside or not. And um, then my uncle Joe passed away uh, from a heart attack. And like, I'd never really lost anybody before. So that kind of like messed me up pretty good. Uh, and instantly, like my brain making those kind of quick decisions. I was like, I have to, like Joe was my dad's best friend. I cannot go back to Sioux City. Like I have to stay here and be here for my family and help them like get through this process. I'll just coach at Miller North again. Everything will be fine. I'll get a job, whatever. Um, that was the plan. Uh, as you know, most plans get kind of laughed at and like thrown to the wayside real quick. Um, that's when, uh, 
Ben Carr reached out. I think I can't remember if he texted me to just like offer up condolences or whatever, but we got to talking about his future. And he said, you know, like I'm, I'm going to Concordia as a GA. I was fired up for him. And he was, he made a comment about like, I'm really excited to see you when we play Morningside. And I was like, yeah, about that. Like, I'm, I'm not going back. And within 18 hours, I'm on the phone with Ryan Dupic and I'm in my basement <laughs> and my mom is sitting next to me because like, I'm still battling through like my uncle dying. Yeah. Yeah. And Dupic's like, well, I got $5,000 for you. If you want to come and work your ass off and be part of something cool, awesome. If not, that's cool. Like, we'll talk to you down the road for sure. Like, I understand what you're going through, blah, blah, blah. And he offered up a chance for me to, like, come down and kind of see the way they do things. And, like, I, you know how I feel about that place. I, I was sold yep, from the absolutely. get-go. Yep. Yeah, I was sold from the get-go. Ended up there. Coached there for a year. Um Bryce Berg ended up being hired by the twins in the middle of the year. So I was in charge of the offense until COVID hit, um, which was an interesting situation for me having just entered a program and then having to like kind of run the offense by almost by myself. Um, yeah, it, it, that, that was the, that was such a transformative year. Uh, but yeah, COVID hit and then everything's up in the air. Um, so we go through the job process again. Um, I end up accepting a job with Murray State Junior College in Tishomingo, Oklahoma, which is the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, raise your hand if you know where that is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I, it surprised me that there'd be even one famous person from the town, but Blake Shelton actually uh, claims that place <laughs> home. Um, but it, it, it's kind of, it's a unique place. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, I, I saw myself there at least for the year, but uh, then I got a text from coach rolling at Simpson uh, who a mutual connection had put them in touch and put them in touch with me. Uh, and he asked if I had any interest in a job and I texted him back and said like, Hey man, I, I'm sorry. Like, I know, I know uh, Obrecht put you in touch with me, like, but I already took this job down here mm -hmm. and I happened to say in the text message, just out of curiosity, what's the job? And he told me, and I was like, oh boy, okay. Like that Can't is that double, down. that is double what I'm making here. Yeah. It is closer to home. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, Gabby, uh, lives in Chicago, closer to Chicago. She was also having a pretty serious surgery done within the coming months, like, all the yeah. signs just kind of like came together and it was really hard for me to leave that place because like I was kind of ready to get like really like grimy and get into this <laughs> like Juco world of Southern Oklahoma. Like I was ready for it and I wanted to be there and live in the dorms and do that whole thing. I thought yeah. it'd be like a really good building process for me, but I, I had to take the job at Simpson. And obviously that's where we linked up. Um, mm -hmm. Had a pretty good year, I thought. Like, you can have your two cents in on that one. but A lot of fun. Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot of, fun. of fun. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Um, coached, some, uh, coached some pretty special guys. Uh, special people, some special players, too. Um, feel like we did a really good job there. Um, and then in the spring, uh, I saw a job posting for Drivelines hitting internship, and I DM Chase Glom, who mm – -hmm. uh, works at works at driveline well not anymore 
um, but for good reasons. Um, and I said, why should I do this and why shouldn't I? And he gave me a perfect answer for both sides. He didn't just say, yes, do it. Uh, I applied for it and ended up getting it. And these past six months have been unbelievable. Um, they're what I expected and also not what I expected and also more than I expected, like all, all at once. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, looking back on all of that. I, I feel immense gratitude, very lucky. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the same time, I have to remind myself that I also worked my ass off. Like I, I'm like, I'm also proud of myself. Um, so it's, it's fun to sit here and talk with you and go over this stuff because like it's perspective. Right. And it's, right. it's, it's very fun. And yeah, here, here we are, dude. Yeah. And I, I think you make a really good point there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, it's all, it's always been about hard work, right? Uh, right. and it's always just, just keep doing the work, just keep doing the work. Uh, and eventually you'll get to, you know, wherever you want to be. Right. Um, but, but at the end of the day, if, if you don't appreciate who you are and what you've done over time, you know, everything just kind of loses its purpose and you're just kind of, you're just kind of working, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And, 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 you know, to hear you say that, like that you appreciate all the hard work that you've done for yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not your ego talking. It's not, it's not bragging. You're not boasting. Right. I, I think it's really, it's really a healthy thing for people to step back and say, you know what? Yeah. I've, I've done a really good job with this and I've done it consistently over a period of time. Uh, and I think, especially as now that I'm with the junior college guys, man, if they don't, if they don't look in the mirror at night and say, man, I'm, I'm really proud of what I'm doing here. Uh, then they should start, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I would tell them absolutely. that they, like, like it's always about the work. Sure. Uh, but definitely appreciate yourself. That that's a huge factor. I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. Cause you know how it is. I mean, it's, it's always more to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, always. Um, I think, I think that's a really good point. Uh, gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. Um, so yeah, thank I, you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. To, to touch on that real quick, too, I, I was on the phone last night with a former player of mine, um, and we, he, he's going to end up probably leaving the school that he's at, and that's, that's a hard thing. And I had a conversation with him. He, he hasn't consistently gotten good grades. So over the course of, like, his entire almost life, really, has he's been forced to feel like, I'm not that smart. No one's ever right. told him that when it comes to like people and situational awareness and being a teammate and like just social, like almost just the world of sociology that he is brilliant. And I, mm -hmm. I told him that last night and it, it dawned on me. I was like, I don't think he's ever been called smart before or like have, has been told that he's good at something other than sports. And I, I just challenged him like over the course of the next like at least couple of years that in like social situations to not have to have somebody like me tell him that he can trust himself. Like right. it's, it's important to recognize that about ourselves that like, okay, wait, like I'm competent here. Like mm -hmm. I can do this and I don't really need somebody else to tell me that I can before I go do it with confidence. So like 
just to reiterate on what you said, but it's, you're right. It's not, it's not bragging. It's just, it's awareness and it's important. Exactly. And, and that kind of, I mean, this might be a stretch, maybe a little bit, I think it fits, but, but you and I, uh, we always talk about environment, right? Like, yeah. And, and you could take that from, from grade school up to college ball, up to, you know, pro ball guys training in the off season, like the environment is what encourages you to be the best version of yourself. Right. And it's our, it's kind of my responsibility as a coach to make sure that these guys are in a safe, first of all, a safe environment, but also an mm-hmm. environment where they feel like they can express, express themselves and, and really not just become who they want to be physically, but, but who they are in their own mind, you know, and that's, that's kind of the big thing that, that I'm after is, is trying to get guys to put it simply believe in themselves. Right. Cause as you know, yeah. a lot of guys that end up at junior colleges, they don't always have that confidence about them, you know, and, and a lot of times it is it's tough situations. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, the environment there is huge. Um, I just, I just wanted to touch on that quick. Um, I don't know if you have anything to go off of there, but yeah, dude, environment is everything. Like I, uh, our big thing out here at driveline is like, we are trying to build something where a hitter can walk in the door and it is it is impossible for them to leave without getting better. And I personally think it's already there, but that doesn't mean we're going to stop working to make it even better. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I can, I can attest to that as a coach too. Like I, I got better here in these six months so far uh, because of like the resources I have and I've worked to learn and blah, blah, blah. But if I didn't use any of that, if I just showed up every day, I still would have gotten better just because of the environment. So you're chasing the right thing by trying to cultivate an environment for the athletes to flourish in, whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, anything. If you create the right environment, it is really, really hard to not get something out of it. And that's when you're in a really special place is when, okay, you know, it's kind of like the, the pyramid, right? You got to have the base layer before you have this, but, but if you can have the environment first and then you add on additional resources, I mean, that's, that's, that's money right there, right? You know, and and that's what you guys have going and it's really cool to follow you and, and see everything that you guys are doing. Um, So that being said, uh, obviously you're not, coaching a team anymore right right and you might you might disagree with me when I say that because uh, obviously I've seen your stuff and and you spend a lot of time with the same guys and obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of uh or a strong bond there um mm-hmm. but I wanted to talk a little bit about the transition from you know coaching like a, a college team and then saying okay we gotta we gotta take this guy and this guy and train them individually um, you know, and you can clarify all this if I'm getting it wrong, but, um, just basically the transition from coaching to more the training side of things, if you will. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, I will say though, that just to like, uh, carry over the previous topic to this one, that the environment at driveline does make it feel a lot like a team. 
So for those that don't know what a day in the life is like, um, let's say like I have right now like five hitters assigned to me, right? Like I'm responsible for their programming, their goal setting, uh, and the, the way that they attack their training. Now they're in here six days a week hitting. I might not be on the floor one of those six days coaching them up, but I know that John Soderopoulos will. I know that Max Garrett will. I know that JP Fasone will. Like it, it is such a cohesive, um, just like it, it's, a, it's a cohesive environment and a cohesive approach to, and, and the best part about it, I, I can't necessarily speak for the other trainers. Uh, I feel pretty confident though that I could, that like I, one of my hitters, is going to gain just as much, if not more, from something that one of those guys might have said one day that I wasn't out there. So it's, it is very much still a team effort. Um, and the same thing goes for, like, I, I, I have built very cool relationships with hitters that have come through here that were not assigned to me. Um, I guess I, there's a there's a player out at uh, a Division Three, uh, Lewis and Clark, who texts me. I'd say once a month, or if not more, uh, about like leadership things that I came across in my times at like Concordia and Simpson. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't one of my hitters, but one day we just got to talking about it before he had his hitting group start, and it's. Like, okay, I was scared to miss those conversations when I left the dugout and I have them all the time still. Um, yeah. So, yeah, while, while it is a different environment and, like, I would say the biggest, the biggest difference is, like, we're also a business and we, we kind of need to make money. And also mm-hmm. these people that we're training are paying us to do so. So that would be, like, that's, that's the biggest difference. It's not like they're, they're, it's also like recruiting where they're choosing to come here, but there's also an expectation and uh, the, a, a business a service, side of things. Right? It is. It really is. And, and ultimately, you know, like they're not going to hire people who don't feel that sense of purpose to, you know, right. like, and it's not, not just because of the money, but also because they want to be good at, at their jobs. Yes. It's not just yeah. about the money. Right. Right. And, uh, what, and I, I, I would give a ton of credit to real quickly to Max Gordon, who is one of our player development guys. Um, he's got an incredible story. I think there's a book out uh, that he like helped write about himself. Uh, I don't know that whole story <laughs> there, um, but I know there's, I know there's a book somewhere. Um, he's kind of like our like culture, like guy, right? Like nothing. If, something is off he is on it immediately (laughs) immediately like we have driveline phoenix going up um i just found out the other day that driveline is renting a home down there so that guys like max and bodie and whoever else needs to if they need to fly in and fix some stuff they've got a place to stay like that's how serious we are about creating the right type of environment so that people do, so that the athletes do get the experience and the results, right? So it's like, 
there's there's people in place to make sure that while this is a business, the culture is going to be right too within the whole player coach thing. Yeah, and, and that that reminds me of a term that uh, you used often and still use, obviously, and uh, obviously I use it because I stole it from you. But it's the care factor, right? Care like, factor. It, it's something that it's almost immeasurable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it really is. It really is something that you know. If I have an empty cup here it's it's daily it's daily whatever it might be events or interactions things like that that fill up the care factor cup right is that kind of a yeah terrible may, maybe a terrible analogy but no it makes care sense. factor it, it's all it's it's a bunch of little stuff that just compounds over time and, and um ultimately obviously the best programs, the best environments have guys with high care factors because they just bring it every day. Yeah. And I I think that you said it earlier that ultimately just stems from like a uh, high sense of purpose. Um, I, if nothing else, I can find purpose in building meaningful relationships and the constant pursuit of growth. Um, If nothing else, I can fall back on that. But thankfully, uh, I've been able to, like when I was at Concordia, like I had such a strong belief in what coach Dupic was building and like, turns out I was right. They went to a world series last year. Um, he's an incredible human. Uh, he means a great deal to me. Uh, and it was very easy to show up to work every day. Um, same thing at Simpson, right? Like I, I built some really, really good relationships with guys who were willing to go to work every day. And it was like, I owe it to those dudes. And then I get out here and I'm like, all right, like this company is the reason that I got down the right coaching path from the get go. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't, I probably should have shared this story uh, really quickly. Um, Back when I was coaching the Sox in like my first year, there was a dude chucking weighted baseballs into a chain link fence. And I went right up to him. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I don't need you getting hurt, bub. And he was, and he was just like, well, I heard these were good for you. And I just, I forever am thankful for this one moment of brilliance that I had where I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm right. So like you go ahead and keep throwing those and I'm going to go do some research. And that was the night I found Dragon. And like from that moment forward, I was just like instant growth mindset in coaching. So when I get the job here, I'm like, I owe literally (laughs) everything I have in the coaching world to this place. So yeah, pretty easy to wake up and come to work and stay until 1am and like, just grind it out. And it's just the care. And what's cool is like, as you know, like I've accepted a full time job here, which is unbelievable to even think about. Um, But in one of the meetings, when I accepted the job, one of my managers said, something about like the care factor was a huge deal for them in offering me the job. And I like, I didn't even think about it because it's like, well, duh. Like, how could you not care? Like this place is (laughs) unreal. So it just, it goes back though to 
sense of purpose, right? Like if you don't have purpose, you, the care factor is probably pretty low. And I can't blame anybody for that, yeah. but I would challenge them if like, if care factor is something that is lacking and causing them to not maybe perform or thrive or live their best life, then start by finding purpose and your care factor yeah. is probably going to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's great because you lent me uh, the Atomic Habits book uh, by James Clear. And uh, how are we doing there? <laughs> I only have a little bit left. So little by little, I'm chipping away. That's but good. Um, yeah, just last week, you know, it's the analogy of, of the circle. It's almost like a dartboard kind of right. So there's three circles. You have your goals, and then something in the middle, and then purpose, right? And like, if you're working from the outside in, you're never going to really get from just chasing goals. You're not going to find a purpose from that. Right. But however, if you're really true to your identity and you're self-aware and you have that purpose, that bigger purpose beyond whatever sport you might be playing, it, it, it makes everything else so much more fluid, uh, so much simpler, really like, and goals are just kind of, an afterthought, you know, like if yeah. you just focus on the systems, right. It, it's the systems yes. that come from the yes. purpose and ultimately the rest takes care of itself, which is, you know, uh, uh, people want to be goal oriented. That's great. Um, you know, I always think back to the, uh, I'm tying a few things together here, but stick with me. I always yeah. think back to oh. that, that Brett Phillips clip. It's like, you know, there's, there's energy givers and there's energy suckers and absolutely I just want to show up and, and be the good one consistently every day. And, right. and, you know, I think ultimately, and that's, that talk about a guy who plays with, with joy and, and has gratitude for his life every single day. That's what it's all about, you know, and he just shows he's, up and he's the same guy every day. The and he's not that, and he's not that good. But you wouldn't <laughs> but know he it is because yes, yes, yes. precisely. And, and you know, as, as tough it, as it is, I try in one way or another every day to get guys thinking about, okay, what's more important that I could be thinking about that, that means something outside of baseball. Like, yeah, I want to focus on practice. That's great. But you know, in the five minutes before I go warm up, like wh what are we really grateful for? What, what are we really trying to get out of this, you know, and ultimately, you know, as a program, we want to, we want to build better humans ultimately. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if you show up and you're thankful to be where you're at, I truly believe, you know, that the rest takes care of itself. Now, obviously yeah. it's not always the case, but it gives you a really good chance. Absolutely. Um, and I, so. I, I think something you touched on there is you like, it's another thing that I was reminded of once I got out here. Um, question asking at a high level uh, is an unbelievable unlock. So like you had just mentioned, like, why are we here? What are we thankful for? Uh, going back to James Clear, right? Like, okay, I want to lose a ton of weight. All right. That doesn't mean anything on the surface. Yes. But if every day for a consist for a period of time, if every decision I make is revolved around a question such as what would a healthy person do every single time I have to make a choice. I, 
I bet I lose weight like I wanted to, right? Like yeah. I, it, it, it's that, it's those, when you can like find purpose, right? And then direct your questions accordingly, it gets so much easier to get closer to that end result that we want. Yeah. And it's, if it's, it's, go ahead. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a decide who you want to be and make decisions based around that, not try to be someone Bingo. that you're not basically. Um, Bingo. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry. I kind of cut you off there, but I, I was going to no. forget that if I didn't say it. So I'm glad you did. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, I appreciate you sharing everything about your new job. Congratulations, by the way. Um, Thank you, buddy. I know we, we've you. messaged a little bit. Uh, I might have used some words that maybe uh, were a little inappropriate. <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really, yep. really excited Appro for you. Appropriate for me, though. Yeah. Appropriate for me. Go. All good in my book. Um, yeah. I, I, and I guess we'll just kind of move forward here. Um, you've touched on it a little bit, uh, but like your, your outlook on coaching, I have written down here, like your methods, daily practices, things like that. We just touched on gratitude a little bit. Um, but, but the outlook on, you know, when you're in a team, like a true team college setting versus your setting at driveline, right. It's a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can, it can still be a team setting, uh, but it is different. Um, you know, has, has your outlook changed at all uh, with what you've done in the last six months? Have your methods changed? You know, what are your other daily practices? I'll just kind of let you take that and run with it. Sure. Uh, the biggest difference is I can't be there for them when the lights are on. Um, it, it didn't really hit me until the summer was almost over and a lot of guys were starting to leave. Um, I guess it, it did hit me like the thought had hit me, but not the reality of it uh, because right. I hadn't left yet. Um, the biggest switch now is like, what can I do? And, and this, I think I kind of did this before, but I do it with much more intention now. Uh, what can I do to make sure that these guys are completely fine if I'm not there? Because I'm not going to be. Like, they're going to go play wherever they're at, whether it's pro ball, college ball, high school, whatever, and I'm going to still be here, right? Like, I'm not going to be in the <laughs> dugout. I'm not going to be in the third yeah. base box. Like, I'm, I can't do that for them. So, yeah, I, I, I just – I think the biggest change for me has been – uh, that reality and that focus of I can teach these guys how to hit any day. That's fine. But I need to teach them. I need to make sure that they're like, not just learning things day by day, they're learning things that stick and right. they can, they can go get in a box and not need anybody because they're armed with the tools um, to be successful on their own. And I think that's coaching in a nutshell, right? Like we can't always be there yeah. for them, but if, if, yeah. if we can get the things that matter to stick, um, that's, that's really the, the name of the game. Um, but as far as methods go, I would say my methods have always been changing. I think since that day that I stopped a kid from throwing weighted balls into a fence, uh, I, I, I have always been 
Like there, I've learned from people that driveline, not, nah, I shouldn't say driveline. I've learned from people that I, we now like joke about in the office. Like the, I, I've probably taken something from somebody who now I look at them and be like, God, what are they, what are you doing? Like <laughs> that's, but at, at one point I learned something from them. And yeah. I, I think that's uh, a blessing and a curse um, in the fact that I'm always willing to adapt and, and change. Uh, but also if I find something that really works, it's also a little harder to like stick to it just because I'm, I'm so used to change. Um, like there's, uh, I, I now know without a shred of doubt that we should be training bat speed pretty much all the time for everybody. However, there have been plenty of times, even within these past six months where I'm like, do and everybody like does really like Jorge Soler needs more bat speed. <laughs> I, it's, it's one of like, I write, like I will, I will go back on, on those things and I'm always kind of questioning stuff. So it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, but yeah, as far as daily practices go, uh, I think I'm always working on that too, but it's, it's from a, um, like a self care place probably less, less about, uh, I guess this is a contradictory statement. It's, it's less about like me being a better hitting coach. It's my daily practices are about me being a better me, uh, which then in turn makes me a better hitting coach. So, and, and it goes um, back to, Hey, start at the center and grow right. outward. Right. We're, right. We can't start on the outside and dig our way in. And that's, yeah, uh, yeah that's perfect. Um, but, yeah, and, and I, think, I think that that's something that's been. Go ahead. No, that's that's all you. That's all you. You froze for okay. a second, so I couldn't hear you. No, <laughs> good. Um, I think that's something that it's. I, I neglected it. Uh, far too many people neglect it. Um, I neglected it sh like just purely out of. I didn't need to. Like my life was so easy for such a long time. And then boom, uncle dies. And it's like, whoa, okay. Like things got really real here. Uh, yeah. And there's stuff about me I didn't know. I'm learning, blah, blah, blah. So like the past two and a half years has really been like, um, how do I take care of myself best? And how do I put myself in the best position to be my best self for the people that I work with um, and work for? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think the, the daily practices have not changed so much since you and I were together. Um, if anything, they've changed just because of like schedule changes or sure. uh, lifestyle changes, anything like that. But no, I, I can't I can't speak to too much on the change front there. But it's it's always evolving. But but ultimately, it, it, you said it just a minute ago. You said you know, it, it's what can I do for myself on a daily basis that makes me a better version of me, which right. ultimately makes me a better hitting trainer, a, a better mentor, a better friend, you know, and, and that's what, that's what really gets me going, you know, it is yeah. like the little things, man, it, it <laughs> how you go about your business every day, how, no matter how big or how small, you know, like, if I'm taking a shopping trip to Target, I want to buy something nice for my girlfriend. Like I'm going to put some thought into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and try to really make sure 
I'm, I'm being the best version of myself for other people. Right. Um, cause ultimately we're, we're trying to serve others and allow them to, to basically build themselves, uh, into the best, best version of themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you could speak, I, maybe you could speak on servant leadership. I know we're big into that. You don't have to get too deep into it, but, but serving others no. is a big thing for us. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I first learned of servant leadership from uh, Coach Boovy at Morningside. Uh, I'd never, I had always, I thought it was a buzzword. Um, and then he put, he kind of put definition to it. Like his, his, his way of teaching it to me was like, hey man, when, like, when we get off a bus, like us three, us coaches are the last guys to get off this thing. And like, I'm picking up trash if I have to. Like, just because I'm the coach, I'm not going to make the freshman walk-ons go mm-hmm. pick it up. Um, so that was really the first learning point there, but everything just expanded. Um, I think at Concordia, I can't say if this is still the way. I know it has been for the past three years. Uh, the two pillars of the program are family and continuous improvement. And like, I don't need to say too much more That's pe- anybody to yeah. realize like, okay, if I'm in a fam- true family atmosphere where we take care of each other and love each other and want the best for each other, and also mm-hmm. we're trying to get better every single day, man, it's, it's pretty hard not to get better. And it's pretty <laughs> hard to not find purpose and enjoy what you're doing. And I just... Yeah. I, I cannot speak enough to how transformative that place was for me. Like I, I had players for the first time, like, and this isn't to say anything bad about any of the previous places I've been, right. but like right. for the first time ever, I had players coming up to me, like asking me how my day was. And I truly knew that they cared what my answer was. And they mm-hmm. actually asked me that with purpose rather than just being like, Hey man, how are you? And then just using that as a greeting right. and then not caring about the answer. Right. And I, there are so many incredible people involved at that school who are some still there, some have gone on. Um, but that, that's, that's probably where I learned servant leadership the most. And it's, it is so powerful when you do it right. It is unbelievable. It's, it's life changing. I, hi, me, yeah. but change my <laughs> life forever. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I can't recommend it enough. And I, I, I think that's probably why you, you and I bonded so quickly is it's just like, okay, this guy gets it. And I know yeah. you, that phrase too, even has a little <laughs> bit to it with you and me. Um, yeah. but that's, that's it, dude. I don't, I, I'm sure there are other ways to do it, but I don't want to do them. Uh, just just to touch on things that are going on right now, right? Like Lincoln yeah. Riley bounces for USC. Brian Kelly goes to LSU. Which one had assistant coaches follow him? Bingo. It yeah. says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. A hundred percent. That's really good stuff there. Um, we, we've covered a lot of stuff. Um, you know, uh, maybe this seems like an interview of sorts, but man, am I just glad to talk to you. <laughs> this is, you too, dude. This is fantastic. Um, uh, I had in my notes written other stuff, uh, but I don't think, I don't think there's much else we can touch on. Um, Probably not. We, 
we we've talked about purpose a little bit um so if you can just kind of summarize uh the purpose side of thing like like ultimately what is your purpose you know yeah um i need i definitely need to go back and look um what exactly the verbiage is but um for like the people or anybody who's not familiar with Brene Brown, first of all, what are you doing? You like get familiar. Um, second of all, go get her book, Dare to Lead, if you are in any position of leadership. Um, there is a section in there of where she d- demands, not suggests, demands that you clearly define a couple of values. And when I was reading the book, I, I think I might've shared this with you. You, you, um, you sent it to me. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really tried like a lot of times when I read a book and it says like, Hey, here's a suggestion, do this, 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 and this. It's like, ah, I'm just going to finish the book. Like <laughs> the, I get, I get it already. Okay. Yeah. But I, I felt a little compelled to actually do this and to go back this a long winded way of answering the purpose question. Um, if everything I'm doing isn't revolved around wholeheartedness and growth, I'm doing it wrong because wholeheartedness, I'm an only child. Like if I'm not being me, the literally the way I've done my life, like, cause I didn't have anybody to kind of bounce ideas off of. Like I just had to figure it out on my own a little bit. Not that I didn't have friends that I could bounce things off of, but like I didn't have a brother, sister, person to look up to or watch live life and do those types of things. So like everything that I've had to do has been like self-taught or uh, self-realization, any of that. So if things that I'm doing now aren't like wholly me, that's bad. I'm out. Right. Or I need to find a way to tweak it so that I can be wholly me. Um, so wholeheartedness and then growth. Um, if I'm not getting better, um, so like I said, something's wrong. Um, either it's like my passion for the topic. It's my attack angle for the topic. Um, I, I am constantly pursuing the best version of myself. I also know that I'm going to leave this earth, not ever probably realizing that. Um, but as long as I'm chasing it, uh, that sets me up to be in a pretty good spot. Um, I think if we, like a lot of people talk with like having the end in mind, um, the end in mind for me has always been like, I want a job in baseball where I'm making enough money to just like support a family. I, I don't care if that's with driveline or with the Yankees or with Simpson college, right? Like yeah. uh, wherever that is, like that's, that's my end goal. But when you're pursuing like continuous improvement back to Concordia, when, when I'm pursuing constant growth, there really is no end goal. Like I can get, yeah. I can get my end goal, but I'm always going to kind of be like chipping away at something. And yeah. I think also going back to like my golf career, like that golf in a nutshell is literally that. Like you never, ever, ever, ever play your best round of golf ever. 
like Tiger Woods, who, who I will go to my grave saying he's the best golfer of all time, has said on record, like, oh, I'll hit like two perfect shots around at most. Two. And he's better than everybody has ever yeah. been ever. So like, yeah, I, I, as the purpose thing, wholeheartedness and growth. And mm -hmm. I'm forever thankful for Brene Brown and her books. She just came out with a new one, which I got shipped to my Omaha address and I'm pissed. <laughs> my internship was supposed to end last week. And when I pre-ordered the book, I didn't know what my job status was. So like, because of course safe. you did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. So now I have to wait. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> well, if, if it'll make you feel better, I'll send you uh, the book that you lent me back for the holidays. So that'll be a Christmas Great. gift for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I hope you enjoyed it. He, he, he was actually it's on, he was actually on her dare to lead podcast, which is on Spotify. Uh, not that long ago. Yeah. It's a two parter. I, I absolutely obviously recommend it. Got to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, Holy cow. Okay. I mean, I think we could have gone a bunch of different directions uh, at any point, but man, for, for, for what this was, I'm, you know, I'm always thankful for your friendship and, and obviously uh, you encouraged me to, well, I don't even know if you know that you encouraged me, but you encouraged me to be a coach full time uh, just by your daily actions. And, and I think that's a huge thing. And um Man, when I wouldn't be here at Southwestern uh, uh, if it weren't for my experience last year. Uh, so I, I really do thank you for that. Uh, not trying to put on a show here. Obviously, you sure. know I appreciate you. Um, yeah. But it has been a while since we really talked in depth. And yeah, um, I, I certainly every time I talk to you, I, I learn something. Um, and, and that's likewise, dude. Likewise. That's ultimately what this is about. Right? The relationships right. we build through the game. So. Well, I, I, I appreciate you and the, the game of baseball needs you in it. So I'm, I, I am very, uh, I don't, I'm thank, thankful for sure is the word, but um, I often do think back to you leaving a secure job to chase what you want to do. Uh, yeah. Normal people don't do that, but normal people are normal people. Uh, we're not trying, we're trying to be extraordinary here. So um, I, I often think of that and I've shared it with some people who are ever like lacking purpose, right? Like, Hey man, if you're chasing a paycheck and not chasing, chasing fulfillment, I challenge you to do it the other way around. And there's no better example than you. So the appreciation goes both ways, brother. Life is better that way, man. It really no is. Doubt. Um, no doubt. Hey, Thanks for the time. Uh, that's that was over an hour. Um, Didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never does. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, uh, really, for for being with us and and just sharing all your stories and your wisdom. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, dude. Uh, all right, man. We'll see ya. See ya.